Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about the issues that matter most to you. This season is all about moms, and I am personally thankful to honor my mom, Shari, as she has these conversations with moms each week in different stages of motherhood. And today's guest is Mary Brock. Shari and Mary have a great conversation for us to listen to, so let's get started. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Overcoming Monday, where we're talking about motherhood. One of my favorite subjects because um, motherhood didn't come natural to me at first. Um, I actually felt like I had to work really hard and then finally give myself some grace and flow into it, and I'm thankful for that. Um, And this morning, I have a special guest with me. Her name is Mary Brock. I met her years ago when my husband, Clayton, um, spoke at her husband's church, or I guess y'all's church, and and Clayton spoke, and then their son, Mac, led worship, and then we went out to dinner, and it was really fun, and then Mary and Don invited me to come and do a women's conference at their church, and since then, Mary and Don have really pursued Clayton and I, asking how we are, and just making sure to check in on us, and the other day, Mary and I got to, uh, well, the other day, a few months ago, we got to take a boat ride on Lake Hartwell because they own a, a little cabin or cottage there, and I love it, and I get to spend time with this wonderful woman, and one of my favorite things about her is um, not only hearing stories about her kids, but even her grandma camps that she does, or grandmama camps. So I have Mary here with me today to just kind of like give us some wisdom and just tell us a little bit about what it's like to have kids who are out of the home, because I don't know what that's like at all. So Mary, will you just take a minute to tell us a little bit about your family and yourself and just whatever you want to say about your grandkids, maybe? Well, uh I'm married to Don, and we've been married 43 years. Uh, we got married when I was 19. I had already had both my kids by the time I was 25. So, uh, you know, we kind of all grew up together. Um, I have two children. Katie uh, is our oldest, and she is a professor at Auburn University in the uh, College of human sciences. Her specialty is uh, global studies and hunger studies, where she leads students to try to make a real difference, a real tangible difference in in, um, fighting poverty. So Mm -hmm. we're real proud of her. Um, Then my son, Mac, uh, is a musician. I'm uh, a retired musician myself, so that's something that we shared together. And uh, he is... uh, worship leader and a recording artist and lives in Charlotte. So uh, I have five grandkids. Katie has three. Mac has two. Uh, two of my grandsons are um, from Ethiopia that uh, Katie adopted while she was still a single mom. So um, I have grandkids from age uh, 12 till three. 
So I want to ask you a little bit, what is it like to be a mom of kids who are out of the home? You know, I'm used to my kids being here. Sometimes, you know, there's probably a lot of moms who are listening who just can't wait for their kids to grow up. Um, I'm at a little different stage where I'm enjoying um, my teenagers who I'm afraid for them to, not really afraid. I just feel like I'm going to miss them so much. They had all their friends over last night and that was fun. And so, but I am thinking about the stage of life when they won't be home as much. And so, uh, will you just tell us a little bit about that experience? How was that for you with your kids leaving? And then what's it like now? Well, there's a couple of things I want to say. Number one, I've only done this twice. So (laughs) it doesn't necessarily make me all knowledgeable about it, you know, if a quarterback only completes two passes, the NFL is not necessarily going to recruit him. So I can only speak, obviously, from my own experience uh, about having um, what it's like when the kids are out of the house. And the main thing that um, that you learn is that you go from being an author- the authority in their life to an advisor in their life. And an advisor's role is to ask uh, questions and then only give advice when it's asked for. So um, there's a lot of times that I didn't get it right. Uh, You know, I, but like probably a lot of moms that love their kids and have fun with their kids, like you're having fun with your boys. I cried when we dropped Katie off at Clemson, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, I had to, to trust that I had moved her from dependence on me to dependence on the Lord and that I could trust him to take care of her and to protect her. Yeah, that's hard. I think I, well, Jacob apparently at this point is going to be going to Anderson University, so that won't be so far away. But I think it may be worse because he'll be right down the road and yet he'll have all these friends and (laughs) maybe not want to spend time with me as much or maybe when they want food or somewhere to hang out they'll come and hang out at our house (laughs) they want food they'll come but but you won't be the number one priority and that's I think that's the hardest thing is but you want them to make friends and you want them to surround themselves with other adults and other people that are speaking and modeling truth to them so that's what you pray for and you know sometimes it hurts your feelings when you're not the you know the one that they run to immediately, but yeah, but yeah. that's just the demonstration. If they've got good friends that are speaking truth into their life, that God is faithful and he does love them and he will take care of them. I remember uh, both of my kids uh, in their college years, Katie, when she was finished college and Matt while in between years of college, both did internships in big cities. Mm-hmm. So I drove Katie to Washington, D.C., and dropped her off. And I drove back to New York City and we said goodbye to him about three blocks away from the World Trade Center. Uh, And, you know, it was just like, okay, God, I have to depend on you and uh, just allow this to be a life-changing experience for him. And I think it was for both of them. And yeah. if, had I not given them that freedom and released them to do those things, then God couldn't have taught them what he needed to teach them while they were there. 
Yeah, I think that's so true. Is um, and when I was a teenager, I was very independent. I was so ready to go to college, and um, so ready to have my own space and make my own decisions and all of those things. I know I was very independent. Probably, my mom appreciated it. I think to an extent because she felt like a single mom for a lot of her life. So the fact that she felt com- that I felt comfortable with that, I think, gave her some relief. Um, but it's really funny the other day, Jacob, uh, oh, he went to the men's conference and he came home and he had this, uh, he thought that I would, um, react a different way, but he said, you know, mom, at the men's conference, Derwin Gray said, you know, some of you guys out there, you're still living in your mom's house and, um, and, and you're there. Oh, no, 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 no. He said, you're married, but you haven't given up your mom. Your mom is still the most important person in your life, and your wife needs to be that. And so Jacob said, so you know, Mom, when I get married, you're not going to be, be the most important person in my life anymore. And I said, I know, Jacob, and your wife needs to be. And he was like, what? You're not mad about this? <laughs> it was so funny. And I said, no, I want you to have a good marriage, and I don't want to get in the middle of that. Now, I don't know what that's going to feel like once I get there. But right now, I know that that's the right thing to do. So I think sometimes before you actually approach those times, I'm just trying to almost prepare myself for these these moments that I will at some time be encountering in my kids' lives. Hopefully, I mean, I'm not saying he has to get married, but if he wants to, you know. And and that's that's something I know that you and Clayton have prayed for the spouses of your sons, just like we prayed for the spouses of our children. And um, God was faithful in that area. And, uh, but that is an area where you have to, to step back. And, and I have asked the question, um, when we were talking about something or something would come up, I would have to say, are you asking me my opinion? Because sometimes you just need to listen and sometimes you just need to observe because their lives as adults are, you know, they see, you know, all 360 degrees and we just see the little part that we see. So we mm-hmm. can uh, shut down conversation or wrongly insert ourselves in a situation because we only see a little bit of it. Yeah. And so it, it takes it takes a discipline. But uh, I love my son-in-law and I love my daughter-in-law and I can see that um, that God has woven those families together exactly the way, you know, that he had planned all along. Yeah. But it's it's difficult. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. I would be not telling the truth because I'm a person of strong opinions. Yes. Well, I think that what you're talking about, um, learning how to hear someone and know that you don't know the whole story um, and offering your ears to listen and sometimes speaking is just a skill I think we need to learn in general in life with even with friendships um as a as a daughter to a mom as like a sister to my brother I mean you know even in all the situations that I'm in and the relationships that I'm in I think it's good to be a listener first obviously and then to ask if they want your opinion um, or to just pray about it for a long time before you offer the opinion. And I think I used to be someone who offered my opinion before I prayed about what opinion I was about to, like, tell them. Um, but now I'm, I'm, I sit on things longer 
try to look at all the different angles, try to figure out what am I afraid of something? Is that why I'm offering my opinion? Am I trying to control the situation? Or am I really like trying to have that other person's best interest at heart, you know? And it's hard to discern all of those things. So I think that's good wisdom. Another interesting aspect is when Katie was single and yet she was the mother, you know, she became a mother. Um, we talked a whole lot more because she needed another adult to bounce things off. And then the Lord brought Zach in her life and uh, he is their dad, you know, and all of a sudden my phone's ringing a whole lot less, but that's the way it <laughs> yeah. should be that, that yeah. they are their go-to person, you know, yeah. to each other. And that's the way it should be. And that's the way God builds trust and families and yeah. So um, I was going to ask you next, what are some of the challenges that you faced when they moved out? I think we've probably already touched on these, um, but do you have any other challenges that you feel like that you faced as a mom once they moved out that you'd like to share with us? Um, I'm I think I already mentioned that the okay. biggest thing is, uh, and the emotional thing in my heart is entrusting them to God, that yeah. we did the best that we could do in terms of uh, teaching them biblical principles, um, and, and even practical things all, all their life, uh, from the time that they were able to understand, we were teaching them biblical financial principles and things. So then when they get out on their own and they're having to manage their own money, we have to trust that those things that we, you know, taught them mm -hmm. stuck and, yeah. you know, but l listen, we made so many mistakes. We taught our children, you know, uh, we walked with them while they were still at home. You know, we made we made this decision and it was a mistake and here's why. You know, we didn't yeah. try to protect them from our, you know, problems because they're teachable moments for your kids. Yeah, I think one thing that I've uh, heard parents say to Clayton and I, especially with doing student camp or ministering to college students, is moms or dads come up to us and tell us thank you for, I don't know, teaching different things and feeling like their kids are finally listening. And I think that's one thing as a parent is you feel like you say things over and over and over again. And it can feel frustrating if they somehow get it from someone else and come home and say the same, same thing that you've been telling them for years. Um, but then I, instead of getting defensive, I've had to say, you know, I should just be thankful, you know, that they heard it again and somehow it sunk in this time. And whether maybe my hundred times of saying it, you know, um, created fertile ground for someone else to be able to say it and for them to receive it. So um, I think that's one thing that we have to do as parents too. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it just validates, it validates, you know, and, and, it, and you appreciate those outside voices, mm -hmm. you, you know, I, you pray for those outside voices because you're not there to, mm -hmm. to speak into it every day. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, as parents have come to you, You'll be praying, you know, that yeah. uh, your sons surround themselves with uh, godly people that speak the truth. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for uh, Bible teaching churches that, that my children have chosen to, to pursue. Finding a church was the hardest thing for Katie. Max in ministry. So that was 
not so difficult for him, but uh, finding a, a, a church that um, met the criteria that she felt like she needed as far as biblical teaching and, you know, different types of discipleship and ministries was hard for her. But yeah. she pursued it, and I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. You know, Third John have, one four is one of my verses that uh, I have no greater joy than this than to know my children walk in truth, and that's yeah. just a constant, constant prayer, even now, if now for my yeah. grandchildren. Yeah, I think that's great. As I get to, it's so funny because I feel like I have people telling me that about my kids and. Um, you know, we're so encouraged by you. Kids who, uh, other moms who have younger kids are just saying, I'm so encouraged by you that your kids actually love you and want to spend time with you and love Jesus. And those were fears that I had was what's going to happen when they become their own people. You just never know. I mean, there's, and here's the thing, they're still their own people. I'm not trying to create clones of myself. I'm trying to guide them into who God has created them to be. So, you know, and, and that's not to say there aren't challenges ahead. Um, but I do appreciate who it is that they've chosen to become and who they are becoming. Cause I think at this point, some of the, who they're becoming has a lot to do with their own choices and not as much to do with mine. And that's hard to kind of start letting go a little bit and opening your hands a little. Right. Um, and Mac always knew what he wanted to do, but Katie struggled in that area. She's got a wide variety of interests. And, um, you know, she, I, I mentioned earlier that she went to Washington, D.C. One of Katie, she's a scholar, so she's got a lot of college degrees, which is something that she likes to collect. But um, when she went to Washington, D.C., she was working with her biochemistry degree. And she's like, I don't think this is what I want to do. And 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 rather than saying, are you kidding me? You spent all this time. You, how many times have we cried through all these exams that you had to take? And now this is not what you want to do. But at the same time, it's like nobody wants their kid to spend their lifetime doing something that they don't love. So it's like, well, what do you think you need to do? Well, I think I want to go to graduate school. It's like, all right, you know. Find out what's involved. Find out where you want to go. And and then her graduate degrees have absolutely nothing to do with either one of her undergraduate degrees. But it doesn't matter because now she's in her sweet spot. But she mm. needed to know that we supported her and that we were going to love her through it and that we were going to walk her with her as she discovered who it is that she is supposed to be. And yeah. because she's a scholar, being in that academic environment is as perfect for her as Mac being in the music environment that is perfect for him. Yeah, that's great. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the joys of parenting and specifically about your super awesome grandmama camp that you do with your grandkids. So we'll be right back. Hey listeners, we just wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about one of the most exciting parts of our ministry's calendar year, Crossroads Summer Camp. We get it. Making a camp decision is difficult. There's lots of things to consider like travel, price, and even just deciding if a camp is a good fit for your group. 
So what if we told you that we worked extra hard to make our camp in Anderson, South Carolina the easiest experience from start to finish? We not only pour into your students through dynamic teaching, powerful worship, and amazing community, we pour into the leaders as well. If you're looking for a camp that won't break the bank, that has a ton of fun, that will give your students a transformative experience and not make you want to retire early, Crossroads Summer Camp could be for you. Clayton and Shari teach the gospel in a clear way on your students' level. We feel sure that you're going to love it. Check out the dates and learn more at CrossroadSummerCamp.com. It'll be the best week of your summer. Okay, back to the show. Okay, listeners, welcome back to this episode of Overcoming Monday, where I'm talking with Mary Brock about what it's like to have um, be the parent of children who are no longer in the home, and also a little bit about being a grandmama, so, which she loves, by the way. Um, so Mary, I wanted to ask you, what are some of the joys you've experienced interacting with your kids as adults, and how does that make you feel? Um, I know that I mentioned before just even now my kids aren't adults, although Jacob is 18 now and he keeps telling me I need to call him a man, you know, so that's funny. Um, but when his friends come over and they're hanging out and I hear him telling stories or trying to entertain anyone or um, last night they started playing with our dog and getting our dog all hyper because they thought that would be fun and entertaining to everyone. So it's it's funny to see your kids walk into who they are and interacting with people um, when they get older and you're starting to see their personality come out and how do they interact with people. And even Clayton all the time is trying to decide which girls like Jacob or Joseph and <laughs> make fun of make fun of um, them. Well, just not make fun of them, but, you know, jest with them about it a little bit. So I'm experiencing a little bit of this, but I can't imagine what it's like to, you know, watch your children um, get married and have children and form families of their own. And and so I just want to hear about that from you a little bit. Um, I absolutely love, love, love hanging out with my kids and their families. I love vacationing with them, uh, with, the, with my, you know, with the, my kids and their spouses and, and my grandkids. I love having conversations with them because we can talk about things that matter. And here again, uh, it's a, it's not that authority situation. It, it's an advice and sometimes it's not advisor situation. It's just like, I like my kids as friends. I love spending time with them. I love having conversations. I love it when they are facing something and they entrust us with the decisions that they have to make and they ask us to pray. I, I love that they um, trust us with the hard things and trust that those things will be kept in confidence um, just in the relationship that we built. I love seeing them parent their children. I just laugh sometimes because uh, our daughter was real strong-willed and she's got a little girl that just gives her a run for her money and it just makes me laugh. <laughs> That's funny. I feel like I've seen some of that already in Jacob is you can see a little bit of um, who Clayton is and who I am in both of our kids. And we just kind of laugh about it, you know, 
um, how Jacob has a certain way of doing things or thinking things need to be done. That's definitely me. But um, his uh, his ability to like argue you into his way, that's Clayton. So we <laughs> we kind of have that both DNA going into that one child or whatever. And so you start to notice that and talk about it. I can't imagine what it's like to watch them with their kids. Well, it's, it's really fun, fun and funny because, you know, you just have to sit back and laugh because they're having this moment where they're trying to discipline this child or trying to, you know, channel this uh, energy in a positive direction. And you, you just want to go, told you, didn't I tell you? I tried to tell you. <laughs> Do you feel like you have to hold back um, so that you don't get in the middle you know, I mean, yeah, you have to. That's what we were talking about earlier. You need to let mm-hmm. them be the parent and let them, mm-hmm. you know, work it out. And, you know, they may come to you and ask for advice and then you can laugh and say, I, I know exactly what you're going through because mm-hmm. that's exactly the way you were. But um, those are the moments uh, a lot of times when you just you need to to not speak. And, and part of that is the your grandchildren need to respect their parents as parents and a grandparent cannot interject or intervene in a discipline situation because it undermines the authority of the parent and that's not a healthy situation now ask me if i do it right all the time and the answer would be (laughs) well um let me ask you this how do you because i know that um there's this whole thing about grandparents spoiling the grandkids. And then I just remember um, when we used to take our kids to Clayton's parents' house and they would give them all this Coke and sugar and all the craziness and our kids would explode in hyperness. And then his parents, uh, his dad was terminally ill for a little while, so his dad couldn't take it. So it was very ironic (laughs) that they were giving them all the sugar. And then he's like, I can't take it anymore. And he'd go in his bedroom and lay down for a while. And, um, and so that situation for me was a little bit frustrating because I know that his parents wanted to spoil them, wanted our kids to love them. But then also we just had this like chaos to try to manage And so I just kind of wonder, as a grandparent, how do you do the thing that you love? Like, you're not the parent. You want to spoil them. You want to love them. You don't get as much time with them as as you want, probably. Um, What is the balance that you found? Uh, I may not have found it. Oh, gosh. (laughs) No, uh, um, I've tried to respect uh, uh, different children, as you know, operate better within certain parameters. Some children really need a schedule and they're mm-hmm. more secure when they're operating within that schedule. And and some children can kind of just, you know, go with the flow. So I've got grandchildren in both of those areas. So I try to respect the what the parents have set in place as far as schedule. Now, you know, I keep telling myself, no kid ever died from eating chicken nuggets and french fries for an entire week. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to worry about all of that. Um, you know, so I try to, res- yeah. I try to respect the boundaries, but that's part of what the fun is of being a grandparent. I try to have a lot of fun with my grandkids. Yeah. I think that I decided as a parent that I wasn't 
going to try to worry about my kids' behavior when they were getting spoiled. Just let them enjoy it. Come back home. We'll get into a routine again. And it like just takes a couple of days to work back into your routine, and it'll be fine. But just kind of let the spoiling happen because they really, you know, they grandparents want to do that. They love it, um, and the kids love it too, and it just creates this connection. So I kind of just started giving up on it. <laughs> well, the the thing that I would say, you know, I love I love being a grandmother. Um, but here again, it's reference to something I said earlier. No matter what I do as a grandmother, I cannot undermine the authority of the parent. So no. if the parent says, you know, this is what I need to happen, like we had a situation where there was disobedience and the the uh, punishment was no screens. Well, I can't say, well, your mom's gone now. Let's get out that, you know, get, yeah. video game and play. You know, they'll have to... I have to respect that. That was an adjustment. Um, that was a big adjustment. When Katie first became a parent, I was a first-time grandparent. It was hard for me to see Katie as a mother. It was hard mm. for me to see her as an adult who was then a mother. And many times, well, there was a situation where Don was telling Max something, and Max said to him, Dad, you know I'm 35 years old, don't you? And it's like... <laughs> It's a it's an awakening. I have to ask myself, how did I feel when I was 30 and what did I need my mom to do? Yeah. How did I feel when I was even 25? I already had two kids when I was 25. What was it that I needed my mom to do? Yeah. And what was it that would would not be beneficial? So I ask myself that question a whole, whole lot. Yeah, it's interesting because basically what you're saying right here is almost allowing yourself to um, submit to one another out of reverence, you know, for Christ. But really, you're choosing to submit to your kids and who they are and what they've chosen because you know that they love your grandkids, you know, and you want to and you want to love your kids well. And so um, that is humbling, I think, to be, you know, the older, more, quote, more experienced, you know, person feeling like you have to pull back, Um for the benefit of your kids and your grand, uh, your grandkids, you know, so you do. Well, you're not doing your grandkids any favor if anything that you do undermines the the parent. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's talk about your grandmama camp a little bit. So, a few um, months ago, we brought the boys over with some friends, and um, it was really funny because you got out. So you have this um, invention that you made. It's a <laughs> A, a potato launcher and um a, oh cannon cannon it's a outright cannon so um hooked or it you put it on the dock and you stick a potato in it and then you um there's this whole like process where you put like hairspray in the end close it up and then um push a button and you made this potato cannon and so we shoot potatoes into the lake and everyone loves it sometimes they go far sometimes they don't so my kids went out um, with their friends. JoJo and I think Mark were out on a kayak, I think, and we were trying to launch the potatoes at them and actually hit them at a target in the lake. And I just thought, this is so fun. 
um, your desire to do a grandmama camp with your grandkids and then come up with fun projects and things that you do with them. So will you just talk about that a little bit? And that my heart behind this is I'd love if a grandmama is listening and she's just, maybe she has younger grandkids and she wants to start doing this or maybe someone in your same, like with your grandkids, same ages, and she wants to start planning grandmama camps. Do you have like the heart behind why you did it and maybe some of the things that you do? Sure. Uh, there's two, two things. First of all, that's the grandmama camp is not original to me. I uh, heard Esther Burroughs speak years ago and it was something that she did. Uh, and for me, um, neither of my grandchildren live near me. Max's family's in North Carolina. Katie's family's in Alabama. We're in South Carolina. So I knew that if I wanted to have genuine relationship with my grandkids, that I needed to set aside specific time for them to be with me. And at the same time, they wouldn't know each other if I didn't make that happen. And I want my grandkids to know and to love each other. And so um, it started when I didn't have too many, when I only had two or three, and they were kind of clustered in the same age, that I wanted that to be a week with them and just me so that we could ha have fun. Uh, we have a Bible story every morning. We have a scripture memory verse for the, for the week. And there for a while, I even had a little trumpet that I played, re a recording that I played that said it was time for meal and it was time for nap and this whole thing kind of like a real camp yeah but uh the the heart behind it is um i want because they don't live near me and i don't get to see them much i wanted them to know me and to love me and for me to know them to know that i love them and for them to love each other and mm -hmm. then the last thing is and i believe this is true there is a window of opportunity that I have with my grandchildren to speak into their life where they think playing with their grandma's fun. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, I have two that are, are 12 and one about to be 12. And we are kind of exiting that, uh, that window. And it's, uh, so, but they'll come back, they'll cycle back, yeah. you yeah. know, and they'll, they'll, they like coming to the lake and they like doing fun things, but they're not so much into the arts and crafts anymore. <laughs> what are, where do you get your ideas? Oh, Pinterest is my best friend. Yeah. You know, I, and I talk to people, um, you know, like that whole potato cannon thing I got from a friend at here at church. He was like, oh, you should make that. Your boys would love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I just want to thank you for um, speaking into everyone today. I know that I just appreciate your input in my life, and it really hasn't been a ton of time, but I know, I honestly, we took that boat ride at a time that I just really needed it, um, just riding, and Mary decided to drive all around the lake so we could see every side of the sunset, and it was just good to, to be away with someone who... I feel like I can trust you. I feel like you're someone who I can um, talk to, and there's no worry that you're going to go tell anyone, hey, guess what I just learned from Shari? You know, it's it's good to have a friend like that. 
And, um, and also the fact that you're a pastor's wife, that kind of helps me out a little bit. Um, feeling like there's a little bit of, uh, yeah, you get it. But then also, um, you were, you need to tell everybody this because I didn't even bring this up, but you were a professional, uh, I don't know what you call it. Do you call it drummer? It's not drummer, right? Okay. It's like, yes, yes. You're that and you're retired now, but you've done some fun things like you toured with Mac when he had his first band. And um, I think you told me, I don't know if it was Harry Potter, but there was some sort of live movie that they had in Charlotte and you guys played the soundtrack for it? Yeah, well, I, I spent uh, the majority of my career playing percussion and symphony orchestras. So okay. I've played with the Charlotte Symphony for 30 years. So mm -hmm. there's multiple things that they do. But one of the fun things that we did was the, uh, you know, movie soundtracks are fabulous. You get all the mm -hmm. Star Wars movies are the Superman movies yeah. and Harry Potter. And there was uh, one of the concerts that they did is they played the Her the very first Harry Potter movie on the big screen, but the live orchestra played the soundtrack while the movie was going. And I was yes. able to uh, bring my grandson Harvey to that and he dressed like Harry Potter. And it was kind of a, it was a fun day. Yeah, I bet he thought you were cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he thought that was pretty fun. That, that brings me to just one other thing I wanna say, you know, I mentioned yeah. that my older two grandsons are, you know, they're moving out of the, my grandma's cool, we're gonna shoot the potato cannon. <laughs> but uh, uh, one of the things that I try to do to connect with them is I read the books they read. Now, that's mm -hmm. kind of sounds crazy, but, you know, I don't necessarily want to read all the wimpy kid books, but it gives us a connection. It gives us something to talk about Yeah. Uh, that that they know that I care about the things that they care about. So, mm -hmm. you know, Caleb and I are reading a book right now and Harvey and I are reading a book right now. So. It's kind of it's kind of a fun thing to do. Hmm. Just getting involved and having something to talk about. I think that's part of just parenting in general is figuring out how can I make conversation with my child? What are they interested in? So I usually bomb out right now because my kids are really interested in basketball and I cannot remember all the players. So the other day, um, so let's see, two nights ago, Kevin Hart got injured. And um, I was sitting at breakfast with Clayton and Jacob walked in and his first thing that, well, I shouldn't say this, but he reads his Bible first and then he checks Sports Center, you know, but he was checking news and apparently Kevin Hart's really hurt and, um, and he mentioned him, but I didn't hear the name. And I leaned over to Clayton. I was like, what's the name of that guy? I forgot. LeBron's friend. He plays with him. He got hurt. And Clayton was like, I heard you. I heard what y'all are doing. Mama doesn't know his name. And I said, oh no, I know his name. It's the guy who got hurt and he hurt his knee and he's really tall. And he walked into the, um, the, he went up, walked into the locker room. I know who he is. He's in their commercial with LeBron. They smile a lot. It comes on every time there's a game. He's really tall. And I was like, I know who he is, whether I know his name right now, I don't know, but you know, so it's funny just to at least have a conversation, I think, where you're picking at each other sometimes just to let them know you're paying attention, you know? That's so, exactly right. Yeah. I think that's the way you said it best when you said just to let them know you're paying attention. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, Mary. Well, thank you so much for being on this episode of Overcoming Monday. Uh, Listeners, I just want to thank you for being here where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. I hope that this episode has been enlightening and encouraging. If you have any questions or comments, please remember you can DM me at Overcoming Monday on Instagram or even on at Shari King. I love to receive your feedback And honestly, any ideas that you might have on future podcasts, I'd love to hear about that also. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Thank you for joining us today on Overcoming Monday. We wanted to take a moment to just thank all of the faithful supporters that have given to Clayton King Ministries. We've seen our friends step up in an amazing way, even in the midst of a global pandemic and an overall difficult year, and allows us to keep preaching the gospel and making disciples. We couldn't do half of the things that we do without you. If you feel led to help us continue reaching students, church leaders, and podcast listeners like yourself, go to claytonking.com give to make a tax-deductible donation today. All of us at Clayton King Ministries really appreciate it. Again, this podcast happens because of listeners like you. Share with friends, follow Shari on Instagram and Facebook, and follow Overcoming Monday as well. We hope that this has been a great experience for you. We hope we have given you some little secrets for your big breakthrough.